Bibles tonight, turn to Proverbs chapter number 10. Proverbs chapter number 10. We're jumping right back into our uh, study tonight in uh, the book of Proverbs. We come to a new section in the book of Proverbs tonight. Uh, up until this point, uh, nearly every chapter that we've read either begins with or has within a few verses of the beginning a phrase, my son, my son, my son, or a wise son hears instruction. Something of that nature in all the chapters so far uh, up until this point, just about with, uh, with uh, very little exception, you'll find a theme, father talking to his dad. Things that we ought to teach our kids, or we've talked about over the last uh, several, I start to say several weeks, several months. Uh, anyway, uh, but now uh, we come to a new section of the, of the book of Proverbs, and you'll notice the very first phrase where it says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the Proverbs of Solomon. The entire book of Proverbs was a gift from Solomon to his son, and he collected these wise sayings. Most of them are Solomon's, but not all of them were Solomon's. Some of them Hezekiah, for example, uh, and others uh, are mentioned. And, uh, and so, uh, the, but these uh, Proverbs that we're going to study now are Solomon's Proverbs. And each one of these uh, verses uh, are, are uh, they're like a little, uh, what, okay, well, we say proverb today. Uh, was like we say that was a it was a Chinese proverb or something. It just usually is a small uh, little phrase or sentence or two that deals with a particular topic, and that would be true of this next section that we begin tonight to study. Each one of these verses stand alone. Now you'll find uh, similar themes. Uh, the P- Book of Proverbs, and, and you all pay attention to this when you study your Bible. The Book of Proverbs has a lot to say about money. Has a lot to say about money. Has a lot to say about the tongue. One of my Bibles, not the one I got in front of me, in study in the study of the book of Proverbs, I went every verse in the book of Proverbs that had anything to do with the mouth, the tongue, I put a T by it. And just at a glance, I looked at man, this a big portion of this book is about our tongue. And so there are themes that you'll find. And this is true with this section. You'll find a verse. In fact, uh, uh, one of them tonight will compare to one even in the same chapter. Very, very similar. But they basically, they stand alone. And uh, uh, most of these are, uh, begin with a, with a positive statement. Many of these, rather, begin with a positive statement and end with uh, a negative thought that are complementary. The main thought of the verse is typically in the first phrase. And so uh, you might say, for example, if you do good, you'll be rewarded. If you do bad, you'll be punished. And so they uh, complement one another, but there's typically one primary truth in each verse. So my, my goal is going to be to give you just one little phrase, perhaps, that would encapsulate each verse. Now, I won't be able to do that with every one of them, likely, but we're trying to do that, and I hope that you'll find it rewarding. Father, please fill me with your spirit tonight. Give me your wisdom to teach from the book of wisdom, and give us all something we can walk out of here with tonight and use this very week. In Jesus' name, amen. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. I can, Listen, I don't understand any kid that wants to break his parents' heart. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't compute. So here's a statement. Bring joy to your parents. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Bring joy to your parents. Bring joy to your parents. Now you're going to do one or the other. You're going to bring gladness or grief, one or the other. But, you know, what we ought to just say, you know, I want to bring joy to my parents. Amen? I want to bring joy to my parents. And can I say this? I think about some of the men that have been across this pulpit. Dr. Williams is one of them. He's told us more numerous times about when he was saved and when uh cleaned his life up and was called to preach. His dad uh, had nothing to do with him, nothing to do with him, and mocked him, made fun of him. As, I'm, I got 14 boys, all of them hard workers except me, except Tom. He's he's a preacher, and he's a, he, he begs people for money. And uh, I said that for years and years and years and years. And uh, anybody, he just kept on faithful, honoring his dad and uh, so forth, and kept doing right. And one night, in the middle of the night, uh, his dad looked over in the bed at his wife, 
I said, Mama, do you think what Thomas says is true? She said, you know it is. That's why you're awake. And he got saved. <laughs> Amen? And now, and then now that he was the favorite son after that. Now, you say, my parents don't even believe in God. How can I make them glad? You're just going to do right. And by the way, if they're not, if, if they hate God and they're not glad on this side of eternity, they'll be glad in eternity. Make a glad father. Make a fa- make your father glad. Amen? Amen? Give him cheesecakes. Rub his shoulders. Amen? Okay, anyway. All right. All that's in the Hebrew there. Uh, but uh, I was thinking about what the Bible said about Esau. Genesis 26, 34, and 35. Esau was 40 years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Beriah, the Hittite, and Bashamath, the daughter of Elah, and the Hittite. Both Canaanite families. Heathen families. Listen to it. Which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. You know, that's a pretty dumb thing to, to marry out of spite. That's a really dumb thing <laughs> because you're the one that lives with the decision. I can do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You ought to think about the people that love you, have a little wisdom, and get some input on the biggest decision of your life next to salvation. And you remember these, these daughters-in-law, whew, uh, they, they brought tremendous, tremendous grief and strife to the family. You know, I used to, I used to think about what a terrible thing it was that Rebecca, um, Rebecca lied to her husband and got her son to lie to her husband, and it was wrong. There's no doubt about it. It's wrong. And I don't remember who's preaching, sweetheart. You might help me with this, but I don't remember. I might have been somebody preached it here, but I heard a message in the last year or two, and somebody brought out the fact of these Canaanite daughters-in-law of Rebecca's. And perhaps she was absolutely sworn that the blessing that belongs to God's people is not going to those girls. Bob Greg Kent, that's who it was. And I thought, I never thought about that. And so I, I'm not as miffed with Rebecca after all now that I'm going to read my Bible. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm not saying what she did is right, but that's understandable, you know? And, uh, and, and, uh, so anyway, but, uh, but, 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 uh, we all, we all want to make our mom and dad proud. Amen. We all, we all want, we all desire that. Verse number two, treasures of wickedness profit nothing. Again, these stand alone. So an entirely different truth. Uh, treasures of wickedness profit <clears throat> nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. Here's a, here's a, a one-liner for you. The safe thing is the right thing. <laughs> the safe thing is the right thing. Now, if you say, well, we're going to play it safe. If playing safe in your minds means you're going to be disobedient to God, then you, you, you're not playing. That's not going to bring security. <laughs> the safe thing is the right thing. Amen? Righteousness delivered. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing. If you want to do the safe thing, you do the right thing. Remember the man in Luke 12? He said, I got so much stuff, I can't fit it all in my garage. I'll tear it down and build a bigger garage. No, he said, I'll tear it down and build bigger barns. And he had all these plans laying on his bed at night, thinking about his plans. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning, I'm going to tear my barns down, I'm going to build, build bigger barns, and I'll stuff more stuff in my barns. And what does the text say? Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. He didn't have time to think about spiritual things. He's too big, too busy packing out barns and uh and uh and he neglected the most important things interesting phrase uh, this verse starts off the little phrase treasures of wickedness treasures of wickedness if you're willing to do wrong to get ahead you won't get ahead <laughs> if you're willing to do wrong to get ahead you won't get ahead you know, you can cut corners and stuff. It's like a businessman, for example. You can cut corners and so forth like that and not be quite forthright and honest and so forth. But you're not going to be in business very long if you if you conduct business that way. That's coming back to bite you. And uh, uh, the, the truth is this. This, amazed, this blew my mind. I did not, something I learned this week. People in Los Angeles, when they park their cars on the street, are leaving their trunks open and their SUVs, a brand new SUV on the street in L.A., 
and the hatch is open. You know why? (laughs) Some of you know why. Because L.A. is the smash and grab capital of the United States of America. Anything of value that's left in that car, they just smash the window out and grab it and go. They've, they, they, they're doing it while people are driving in heavy traffic. They'll jump out at a stoplight or something where they can cut off real quick and then smash somebody's window and grab their stuff and then go off the... I mean, while they're still in their cars. Um, anyway, the, the truth is, the more we have, the more secure we'll be. Now, the truth is, the, the less you have, in some, in some cases, in some ways of looking at it, the less you have, the more secure you are. Amen? Uh, if you say, well, nobody wants to steal my car, well, that might be a good thing, <laughs> you know? Uh, what does the Bible say? Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's a matter of priorities. God's not saying don't seek success and be, uh, if you're going to build something, do it right. God's not speaking against um, um, being successful in your work and business at all. But he is saying it's, this is a matter of priorities. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. And all these things shall be added to you. Uh, I found another story. 2002, Jack Whitaker won $314 million in the West Virginia Powerball Lottery. He was born in 1947 in Jumping Branch, West Virginia. Met his wife-to-be in grade school. And they got married just as soon as they got out of high school. And right out of high school also he started a construction business and did quite well in 40-plus years. He grew that construction business till his net worth was $17 million. Now you think, well, what in the world is a man with $17 million net worth need to buy lottery tickets? And he didn't really as a practice buy lottery tickets, but he just kind of, he was a convenient store. He went in all the time. And uh, people knew him around town. That's the guy that owns the construction business. Easy going fella, church going fella. Him and his wife been married for years, years and years. And uh, and just one day it got up to three hundred what uh, fourteen million. He said, you know, and he plopped down a hundred dollars and bought a bunch of lottery tickets, and just hadn't chose random numbers. And he won. And he won. He took the lump sum of one hundred thirteen million four hundred some thousand dollars. And uh, they interviewed him. So we go to the money. He said, well, one thing I'm gonna do. I'm gonna help the religious community because the church been a great help to our family, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give back. And he did that. But he also, when he got that big wad of money, about a week later, he walked into a, a club with $50,000 cash. And his life started going downhill pretty quickly. Uh, he had a teenage daughter in high school. And he gave her anything she wanted and her boyfriend, anything they wanted, basically. And uh, her boyfriend died before he got out of high school and it sent her into a nosedive and 11 days later they found her body overdose 42 years of marriage his wife said this I wish I had ripped that ticket up I wish I'd ripped that ticket up 42 plus years of marriage three years after he won all that money she filed for divorce he died in 2020, he won that in 2002. He died in 2020, 72 years old, died of natural causes. 18 years, robberies, scams, alcohol, divorce, death, and more. And this man, who was worth $17 million before he won the lottery, was nearly broke when he died. Treasures of wickedness do not profit. Amen. That's a heartbreaking story, isn't it? Listen, you want security? How about this? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You want security? Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things, have you remember that? What's in there? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? So on and so forth. The necessities of life. God said uh, 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 elsewhere, it said this, your, your, your heavenly Father knows you need all that stuff. God knows what we need. Amen? God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He can take care of us. Look at verse 3. The Lord will not suffer. That word suffer means allow. The, the Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. 
but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. Here's a simple statement. God provides for his own. God provides for his own. Amen? God provides for his own. You know, what, I, wonder, I wonder what you might think, Dad. If you, if you got home tonight and one of your kids, one of your great school kids said, Daddy, uh, are we going to have any groceries this week? You'd say, what? Are we going to have any groceries this week? What do you mean, are we going to have Are we going to have groceries? And you say, don't we always have groceries? Yes, but are we going to have them this week? Yeah, we're going to have groceries. Now, that's a little silly. I understand, right? But does our Heavenly Father know what we need? Yes or not? Yes or no? Yes, he does. And does he promise to take care of his own and provide for his own? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He will not suffer. He will not allow the soul of the righteous to famish. Now, the promise here is for something more than a satisfied appetite, but a satisfaction of the soul. That's a little more, isn't it? That's more than just a full belly. <clears throat> but it's a satisfaction of the soul. You know, there's a lot of fat wallets and a lot of fat bellies that have lean souls. Right? Remember what he said in the Old Testament about the nation of Israel? It said he gave them what they wanted for their bellies, but he sent leanness to their souls. You know what? Um, There's a lot of people gladly give up a hamburger for a little peace. Gladly give up maybe a new car for a reconciled home and marriage. Gladly give up a lot of things for for. A soul that's famished. A soul, a heart that's longing. That needs aren't being met. Uh, as it pertains to the second half of the verse, he casteth away the substance of the wicked. That reminded me of Haggai 1 in verse 9. Ye, and this is the people who were putting their own priorities above that of the Lord's, their houses that were had sealed and so forth, and fancy, and, and the house of God was caving in. And the man of God said, Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little, and when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Here they got their big pile of money together, and God said, How many understand God's got a big? <laughs> yeah, they got it all together, and He blew on it. Why? saith the Lord of hosts, Because of mine house that is waste, and you run every man to his own house. <laughs> and God's saying, Look, I need some folks to have my priorities. Amen. Matthew 6 33 again, take care of God's business, God take care of our business. Amen. If we steal from God, and gather substance that belongs to him. Don't be surprised if he scatters it. Right? Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Listen, I'm absolutely convinced. Mal- part of the Malachi 3, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, we'll, we'll read them right now. But you go back and read those again. And God said, I'm, I'm going to look after you. I, 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 I honestly believe. At least twice. At least twice. God has healed vehicles for me. He's healed vehicles for me. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, well, Lord, if you want me to drive this, I'll drive it. It's yours, it belongs to you. So they say, uh, the, the most recent one was a transmission. And, uh, and I just put my hand on the dashboard and said, Shondala, come on, how I? No, I didn't. I just said, Lord, this is yours, you know. And if you want it to run, you can make it run. And, and never slipped again. Until a few years later, uh, the Lord gave me a different vehicle, and I gave that one away. And uh, so, uh, but the first one was I was still in college. We bought a car for a hundred dollars, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, bought it in the rain. It looked pretty good in the rain. Uh, but anyway, uh, old Cutlass Supreme, and uh, and then this one day going up to the bus route on a Saturday morning, and it, it started dying on me. Everything started going dark, you know, and I. Got it over to the uh, to the street somewhere, several blocks where I needed to go, and I thought, well, I don't even have money to fix it. So if God wants it to run, He can make it run. And so I said, Lord, I'm just going to visit the bus route, and maybe You take care of this for me. And I visited all day like I normally did. Came back at the end of the night, jumped in, drove back to the college campus. I think I was about halfway home before I realized, hey, the car started. Amen. And, and that's, God can do those things. Amen. Listen, I'm absolutely convinced God's done that for for appliances for us. Um, you, 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 you know, new stuff doesn't last. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, I thought about getting me some oil and going into business, and I'll come in and anoint your vehicles and anoint your appliances for you if you want. And uh, 
But anyway, God can God can take care of things. That God can stretch things. God supplies for His children. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse four: He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Very simple. Do your best. Do your best. Amen? Be diligent. Do your best. Uh, Bob Jones Sr. said, It's sin to do less than your best. It's sin to do less than your best. That means this. Hey, boys and girls, let me start talking to the students for a minute. That means if you you make a C when you could have made an A, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is what? Sin. If you make a C when you, by diligence, could have made an A, then you've sinned. By the way, we need to, let me just, this has nothing to do with the verse, but it's something I want to say. Uh, let's all remember that C still means average. Okay? Average. Now, I know we all think our kids are advanced. And none of us have average kids, right? <laughs> We're all advanced. So, uh, I think we need to, somehow we need to adjust our our thinking a little bit. Sometimes you make choices in life and you accept a C in an area of like maybe a test or something because of other priorities. That's not wrong. Prioritizing your life and real. How many of you, how many of you say, boy, I tell you, if all I could, I get ahead of myself. My thoughts run too fast. I, I often thought sometimes, you know, if I could just be a college student, I could really be an awesome college student. But I was never just a college student. I was a college student. I was an employee. I was a bus captain. I was all this other stuff too, right? And so all at the same time. And, you know, you think, if I could just do this portion of my life, I could really be great at it. Now, sometimes because of priorities, you don't give all of your time and efforts. But if you are giving yourself to something half-heartedly, that's what this verse is talking about. And the result is less to your best. That is sin. It says slack hand. It doesn't say no effort. A slack hand is somebody who's they, they're putting their hand to something. They're just doing it half-heartedly. Uh, don't, don't be a slacker. That's what he's saying. We could say that. Don't be a slacker. Did you ever see a good team beat a better team because they wanted it more? That's always fun to watch, isn't it? I should to remember... And I don't know if I got the details right, so I need a little grace on this story. Uh, whatever the story is, my illustration right now is going to be better than the actual thing. But anyway, uh, but anyway, I'm going to try to remember the remnants of the story. But I don't. I think I remember the opponent, and I'm not going to use the opponent's name. But uh, I made some kind of a comment or something publicly that um, that was less than encouraging because we had played a team, and wow. Uh, we lost, and and they 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 it was just a much larger school, and anyway, it, it was we lost pretty bad, and we'd come back around to play them again, and uh, I think I said something uh, that was less than encouraging, <laughs> and uh, and so anyway, uh, my conscience got a hold of me, and she said, "Honey, do you know what you said?" and. Uh, <laughs> And I said, I said that. She said, you said that. And so anyway, I got convicted. <laughs> but if, if I got my story straight, I got some chicken nuggets. Not chicken Yeah. Chick-fil-A. Was it? Chicken minis. I got some chicken minis. And I got the team together and sat them down. Does, anybody, does, does this ring relatively true to anybody? Okay, a few of you remember this. Great, great. Anyway, uh, but anyway... But I, I got those guys together, gave them some chicken minis, because we all feel better when we're eating chicken minis. And anyway, I challenged them. I challenged them. And I do remember this. Uh, part of what I said was this. Uh, it's one thing to play your heart out when you've got a fighting chance to win. But when you play your heart out, when you think you may have no chance to win, I said, that shows character. Because you did your best. 
because every effort deserves your best effort. And anyway, we had a little chat and uh, encouraged him. And you know what happened? That team showed up at our place, and they, they, they didn't come fully loaded. They said, well, we, we don't need everybody for this. We're just going to go down and take care of this and go back home. And they, we shocked them, and we beat them. And you remember this, Calvin? And the, the, the coach, the other coach, was it was so much fun to watch. He was so irate. I mean irate. He was furious marching up and down the sideline. And I was having a grand old time. Anyway, that story is, I promise you, at least 90% true. Uh, uh, anyway, but, but uh, my point is, what was my point? Oh, I remember my point. Hey, listen, it's just so satisfying to see somebody who gives their all and does their best and be rewarded for it. Amen. And the Bible says, don't do something with a slack. Don't be a slacker. Look, if you do your best, listen, let me go back to the student thing again. If you're a student, you ought to want to be a good student. You should want to be a good student. You should want to do well. You should have a desire to do and be your best. Your God deserves that. Those who teach you deserve that. Those who administrate the school you attend, those who teach you, deserve for you to do your best. Amen? All God's people said, Whatsoever thy hand finds do, do it with thy might. Ecclesiastes 9.10 and Colossians 3.23, do it heartily with all your heart as to the Lord. Verse 5, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. He that gathereth in summer. By the way, the point of the verse is this. If you don't gather in summer, you're not going to have anything to gather. Look on the fields. They're white to harvest, Jesus said. When it's time to harvest, you've got to harvest then, right? So here it is. Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Uh, The Bible says, He that sleepeth in... In harvest is a son that causes shame. Missed opportunities are shame. What a shame that many people miss opportunities. And this character, in this verse here, he missed his opportunity because he couldn't get himself out of bed. Uh, Successful people, reapers, are disciplined people. Successful people have disciplined sleep habits. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have, for many years, uh, and I started this actually while I was in college, for many years, I have tried to discipline myself and tried to be uh, develop my character personally. And I've found this. this is just, uh, I love to help people. I love to help people um, I love to win souls to Christ. I love to comfort folks. I love to try to encourage folks. And opportunities sometimes to counsel and try to help somebody. I enjoy that. I love it. I love it. Love it. Next to that, next to that, I love personal development. I want to be better at what I'm doing. And I work at it. And so for many years, I kept records and have kept records of different areas of my life at any given time. Uh, I still... Uh, uh, keep track of, of how much reading I do, um, and so forth. Prayer, time in the Word of God, uh, soul winning things, uh, uh, letters that I write. Think the, I have found that in my own life, and I think it's human nature, when you don't keep track of something, you, you, you think you're doing better than you are. <laughs> and numbers don't lie. And uh, there, there, is a, there is a danger of this where you can be too introspective. I understand that, and I've been there before. So, But but all in all, I think it might be a good idea for all of us to keep track of where we really are in our Christian life. You, you know what you ought to do? Ha! Just thought of something. You should call the office and ask for your Sunday school attendance. Thank you. You ought to do that. And thank God we don't keep up with who gets to school on time because somebody hasn't been to school all year if we did that. Okay.
Moving on now. Uh, but here's where I was getting a minute ago. You, I, I, I had to keep, especially as a young man, when I, when I have a time of confession, prayer time, it always includes confession. I put verses in there that convict my heart. And for years, the Holy Spirit would slap me in the face when I read that verse. Love, not sleep. Love, not sleep. And <laughs> that was an area of concentration for me, especially as a young man. I remember the first time that I went back to my alma mater and got to preach in chapel. And I'll get to do that here in a month or two as well again. And I thank God for those opportunities. But I think the first time I was there, I remember sitting in college chapel and, you know, working, going to school, ministry on the weekends. It was a, it was a tough schedule. And I get tired sometimes. And uh, and I remember sometimes someone coming across the platform saying, bless God, I never slept in chapel when I was a student. <laughs> My first time getting up and preaching chapel, I said, you know, I remember sitting in these pews and men getting on the platform and saying, I never slept in chapel. And I said, well, I did. <laughs> and uh, I'm not proud of it, but, uh, but I fought it sometimes. And, uh, and, and you know what? But, but I, I, I said, Lord, I want victory. I want help. I want to I wanna discipline myself. And you know, the Lord's helped me. Now I get up at 2.19 every single morning. I pray for 17 hours and then I run five. My nuns just get. Anyway, but... You understand what I'm saying? Uh, 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 successful people are disciplined people. I, let me say this: you have you have self discipline. Everybody has self discipline. Everybody has self discipline. You just don't choose to use it. <laughs> you can make yourself do something you don't want to do when there's something attractive on the other end, right? Yes, so we can discipline ourselves. The, the the successful people, the reapers, are the disciplined ones. Here's another lesson. Do the job when it's time to do it. Do the job when it's time to do it. When it's time to sow, sow. Don't, don't say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow and water and fertilize all at the same time. How many of you have ever picked corn too early? You ever picked corn too early? Have you ever picked a melon too early? <laughs> you ruined it. You're like, ah, and it looks so good. Uh, but But there is a time. For everything the Bible says. So, water when it's time to water. Fertilize when it's time to fertilize. Do every season's job in its proper season. Let me give you a seasonal job. Let's talk about life for a minute. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Listen, one thing that our our rural country back in the day, when, when we lived a rural life, and we we grew food and so forth like that. Children learn to work earlier than they learn in life now. And the kids that have an advantage are the kids that are learning to work while they're young. And moms and dads, if we don't teach them that, they're not going to learn it. I, I you, you know this. You know this is true. You have you have youth car wash over the years. A youth car wash, and you have eight or ten kids the same age. And about three of them know how to work. Now, now most anybody can splash suds and, and spray water. But very few people know how to go over a car where there's no streaks when you're done and get in between the spokes that scrapes and causes your knuckles to get cut and so forth like that. And not too many people can do that. And a lot of people can do that for one wheel. And part of another one. And hope somebody gets the other side. It's just, it's, just, it's called getting a task, sticking with it until it's done, taking initiative, attention to detail, doing the hard thing. Listen, our, our nation is hurting right now today because of, not because of a lack of jobs, because of a lack of laborers. And not because of a lack of employees. But a lack of laborers. That people that just want to work. And so, do the job. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. That's a seasonal job. Here's another seasonal verse. Train up a child 
Proverbs 22.6. Mom and dad, here we go. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Training's got to start when they're little children. Training's got to start little children. Oh, boy, we, always have, we have to hit the reset button in that time and again. Do we not? Do we not? Train, train, train. Train, train, train. And uh, uh, you say, well, when, when do you start training? You, it's too late already. Not too late, but you're past the start time. If you're asking, you already passed the start time. <laughs> it starts right away. Amen? And train, 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 train. Psalm 71, listen to this. O oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O oh God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that's to come. Senior saints, show us that God's power is real in the evening hours of your life. So there's a, there's a task for every Stage of life. Amen. Daniel was in his 80s when they dropped him into that lion's den. How about that? Now verse number 6. Here we go. Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Let me just make this very simple. God blesses those who do right. (laughs) The word just... God blesses those who do right. The word just, that particular Hebrew word just is used 206 times in the Old Testament. One time it's translated lawful. 41 times it's translated just. The other 164 times it's translated righteous. So just in the fact this is, this is that's not just. Hey, that's not right. When you see something that is unfair or something that doesn't balance right, you say, hey, that's not right. That's, that's not just is what you're saying. God is saying uh, uh, blessings are upon the head of those who do right. I pulled this off my shelf. Uh, uh, Bob Jones Sr., Great Bible Messages by the Eminent Evangelist and founder of Bob Jones University. The title of the book is Do Right. It was, uh, I stole this from my dad's library, by the way. Uh, Why I didn't steal it, I asked. Um, But this is uh, the first chapter in his book is uh, a chapel message from February the 1st, 1957. Do right though the stars fall. Do right though the stars fall. Someone wrote a song, Do right till the stars fall. Do right till the last call. Some of the students used to say, Do right till the stars come out. But that's not what the man of God said. He said, Do right. I thought it was funny too. Uh, Do right though the stars fall. Do right, do right, do right. Verse 7, the memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Wow, what a memory to leave behind. <laughs> the memory of the just is blessed. By the way, that's the same word in the verse before. The memory of the, the just, that's the one who does right, is blessed. But the, mem- but the name of the wicked shall rot. Nero... The Roman emperor executed Paul. And today we name our sons Paul and our dogs Nero. Second Chronicles 21.20, listen to this king, Jehoram, was 32 years old when he, was, when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem eight years, and listen to this statement, and departed without being desired. Howbeit, they buried him in the city of David. They buried him in Jerusalem, but not in the sepulchers of the king. They didn't even give him a royal burial. Here's a young man. He died at age 40. He was 32 years old and became king. He lived a pretty hard life. Eight years, he died at age 40. They didn't even give him a royal burial. And he departed without being desired. Um, uh, I, I know it's possible to outlive all the folks who knew and loved you. I understand that. But there's been more than a few occasions where we've been at funerals where there there was there were little to no loved ones. And uh, I remember standing at a graveside about funeral was supposed to, I think it was 11 o'clock. And this, my wife and I and the funeral director, and nobody's there. And he looked at me and said, well, I guess if you want to say a word, we'll just, we'll be done. 
about that time, here comes a car up on two wheels coming and flying into the cemetery. And it's 11 o'clock in the morning, and uh, four or five people bailed out, all of them like they just got out of bed, still in their pajamas. And um, and I've been to funerals where the casket would lie in state for two days or more. Thousands of people come by. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. Amen. The wise men said, the day of your death is better than the day of your birth. And the day of your death tells more about you than the day of your birth, doesn't it? So anyway, let's leave a memory our kids and grandkids will want to aspire to. Amen. Let's leave a memory our kids and grandkids will want to aspire to. Let's get just a couple more. Here we go. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. Very simple statement. Wise people obey. Wise people obey. Now, I had to look it up. (laughs) Uh, It's been a while since I thought about that word, prating. We have a very similar word, word that we use today, prating. But you know what prating means? It means talk foolishly or at tedious length about something. Webster's 1828 Dictionary said it means loquacious. Anybody know what loquacious means? I didn't either. (laughs) You know what loquacious means? Apt to blab. What a word. Yes, what he's saying. The guy that just starts blabbing, you tell him, hey, I need you to... That's what he's talking about. Here's the lesson. When given a command, the fool opens his mouth and starts to blab. The wise in heart receive the commandment. But a prating fool shall fall. When given a command, the fool opens his mouth and starts to blab. And oh, what dumb things come out of a fool's mouth. This verse is very similar to verse 19. Drop down to verse 19 for just a moment and look at this one. Um, In the multitude of words there wanteth or lacketh not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The wise person refrains his lips. In other words, the wise man wants to mouth off too. He's got something to say, but instead he refrains. He bites his tongue, so to speak, and does what he's told. So wise people obey. Wise people can... Look, 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 look. look. If the teacher says, all right, class, that's time for you to shut your mouth. And let me just say this. I know uh, it's, uh, all of our staff is gone for holidays, but the staff is here. Let me say this again. For everybody concerned, teachers, staff, and students, when the teacher says, all right now, no more talking, that's where you shut your mouth. I know you really got something really cute to say. All right, keep your cute sayings to yourself, okay? And don't be a prating fool. Don't, look, you ought not be known for your mouth. Amen? Amen? You ought not be known for for your mouth. <laughs> that word prating is not a nice word. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. That's Bible. The Bible's not blah. The fool's blah. You got that? Let's get two more. Here we go. Nine and ten. Nine. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. But he that perverteth his ways shall be known. He that walketh uprightly. That word upright is like our word straightforward. Man, that guy is straightforward. He's upright. That's, that's, that's the way we use that word straightforward. It is this Bible word upright. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. His steps are sure. His steps are secure. But he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Let me give you a very simple, an old adage that you're familiar with. Honesty is the best policy. Honesty is the best policy. The most tiresome thing in the world that you will ever try to do is keep up with two U's. 
In other words, if there's more than one you, the private you and the public you, the most exhausting thing you'll ever do is try to keep up with those two. And what, which, which you said what where. Now the other option is just be upright. Just be straightforward. I don't mean say everything. I don't mean be a prating fool, blab everything. But you're, you're open and you're honest and you're genuine and you're transparent. That doesn't mean you say everything you're thinking or everything that you feel. Sometimes it's best to refrain our lips, as the Bible says. But, but the guy that is upright, who walks straight forward, he's genuine, he's, he's got sure steps ahead of him. But the guy that's slippery, uh, he's going to get found out. This was... Uh, uh, headline today. New York congressman, I'll leave his name off. New York congressman confesses to embellishing his resume. He hadn't even gotten into office yet. He's been elected to the third uh, uh, congressional district of New York. He's already been elected and he's already been called out because he talked about, I went to college here and I worked for Goldman Sachs and I worked for Citigroup, I think it was. And Oh, man, couldn't find out. That's not true. This is what he says. I'm not a criminal. Not here, not abroad. In any jurisdiction in the world have I ever committed any crimes. To get down to the nitty-gritty, I'm not a fraud. I'm not a criminal who defrauded the entire country and made up this fictional character and ran for Congress. I've been around a long time. I mean, a lot of people know me. They know who I am. They've done business dealings with me. I'm not going to make excuses for this, but a lot of people overstate in their resumes or twist a little bit. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. I'm just saying I've done so much good work in my career. Now, that's a sad thing. (laughs) If you haven't even got in office yet... And you're already trying to convince everybody how honest you are. That's pretty bad, isn't it? One, one more, verse number 10. We'll finish with this. He that winketh with the eye. This goes hand in hand, really, with that last verse. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow. But a prating fool shall fall. Anybody remember, remember what that word means? <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow. When you see a man say something, and then it follows with a... The wink means, I didn't mean what I just said. Uh, Mr. Cook's a nice guy. (laughs) So, here we go. One phrase, verse number 10. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Mean what you say and say what you mean. So the guy that winks, speaks with his mouth and winks with his eye, his mind and his words are not in agreement. And the Bible says when your mouth and your mind are not in agreement, it will cause sorrow. He that winketh with the eye. If what you say and what you're thinking are not the same, you are going to cause sorrow. There, there's so much more to just say about, you know. Look, straightforward people don't technically say the right thing. They, they speak, they say the right thing. They speak the truth. That doesn't mean they, again, it doesn't mean they say everything to everybody. Not everything needs to be spoken out loud. But they don't, they don't double talk all the time. They're not saying one thing with their body language and with their tone of voice and something else with their words. Let me give you an example of this. I can say, wow, your hair, wow. Or I can say, wow, your hair, wow. Okay, okay. I use the same words, but I said something entirely different, right? Yeah. Um, You know, you know, you know, Mr. Cook, he's a nice guy. Now, what did I do? What did I just do? I made a suggestion with the tone. The words I said were, were, were good words. He is a good guy. But the way I said it, it became negative. Um, <laughs> bless his heart. <laughs> 
translation. That guy's an idiot. Uh, uh, do you know? Do you know for this very reason? It is wrong for God's people to try to copycat not just the world's music, but the world's sound. May I say this? I love gospel music, but I do not want to hear gospel music that makes me say, is that a country song or a gospel song? And if if we're getting a little confused, maybe that needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Is anybody with me? If it's a good song you're singing, just sing it to the Lord without groaning. <laughs> Do you have heartburn? <laughs> Why are we trying to sound... That didn't come from the church house. Amen. Now, I'm not saying every song has to be... You know, I I understand different flavors and tastes and so forth, and I I think some things in moderation, I understand, can can be good, and I, I like songs that are sung with some passion, you know, and I like that. But... Why are we trying to sound like the world? Oh, so that's a good song. Yeah, Happy Birthday is a good song too. But you might remember Marilyn Monroe and was it President Kennedy? Happy Birthday to you. Uh, I know that's disgusting. <clears throat> So, anyway, so the body language, tone, voice inflection, winks, speak louder than your words. So make sure that what you say. Okay. Brother Ham, stand up. Hey, Brother Hamilton. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Sure. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Just be genuine. Be straightforward. Be kind to everybody. And uh, we've got ten verses done. Let's stand together, shall we?